Welcome to the Millionaire Way podcast with Sargam the energy guru I help successful people connect with their inner abundance using principles of energy to unlock their true potential helping them create massive success in their personal and professional life so that they can live their greatness I firmly believe that abundance is a state of being and each one of us can tune to create a life of prosperity and happiness welcome to the show so hello and welcome to the millionaire way show this is the energy guru sargam with gautam ganglani uh, a wonderful human being and the author of breaking bread he is a speaker and an entrepreneur the ceo of right selection welcome gautam to the millionaire way show Thank you Sargam an absolute pleasure to be on your show thank you for uh, hosting me My pleasure so Gautam how did you start on this journey of uh, entrepreneurship Well uh, entrepreneurship was sort of i would say i'm third generation in that sense you know as a father and son family business uh, to something that came very effortlessly and seamlessly in terms of the setting and the foundation Personally i was born and brought up in London UK and when i graduated in 95 uh my dad had already set up this particular business of transformation with mm-hmm. uh, a business bookstore and he invited me to join him he said how about you join me um and so let's see how it goes for 6 months and you know that's really how the setting started he joined me with an open invitation um for 6 months to experience this business that we're in today which has obviously evolved and grown and transformed from where it was 20 Five plus years ago, but it was the open invitation from my dad, and obviously in our business, it's uh, something that's always been in having a family-owned business together. Awesome! But while I was going through your website, I saw that you know you you grew up in UK, and you did not you know you were not an outward or outgoing child initially. So so we wanted to know about you know how how were you as a child, and while while you know moving to your journey of entrepreneurship. how did you uh, you know change i won't say change or world on yourself yeah well actually i would say um i went through a very difficult experience from the age of 13 to 16 mm-hmm. uh in the uk um that experience as i reflect back was uh, where i was bullied i was teased humiliated uh and made fun of uh, in a particular time when i was about 13 and that obviously made me feel uh, uncomfortable uh, my self esteem was in all time low uh, my confidence level was affected and because of this the external factors or the sort of surroundings i internalized that and that put me into a shell uh, which appeared like i was an introvert mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's when i went to my dad and i said um, papa nothing seems to make any sense uh, i don't understand the purpose i don't understand uh i don't have any very few i have very few friends and we had this sort of conversation and he just listened to me for a few minutes while i sort of shared my pain disappointment frustration anxiety and he said i'm going to share with you some advice that is not going to help you not only going to help you today it's going to help you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. are you open to some advice i said absolutely anything that can help me get unstuck from this very what i call difficult and painful experience and it first and foremost before i give you the advice i want to tell you there are two things in life that are constant mm-hmm. 
and they're constant because they're going to be present today and for the rest of your life. They're going to be there with you whether you're in a successful position or a difficult position. And those two things are change and challenges. Change is constant and challenges are constant. doesn't matter how big or small you are in your life. Change and challenges will be something which is constant. I said, okay, fair enough. And at that time, I just acknowledged it. Today, as I look back, you obviously realize uh, that, you know, change and challenges are very constant in all our lives, personally and professionally. 2020 is no exception. Um, and so he said, the three pieces of advice I'm going to give you, first and foremost, is surround yourself with the right people. Uh, surround yourself with people who uplift you, encourage you, inspire you, and make you feel good about yourself. Secondly, continuously learn. You learn through books. Today, you learn through podcasts. You learn through you know, events. You learn through people, um, through books. And then third and most importantly is take action. Um, because when you take action, be it inspired action, then only can you bring new value, value into your life. And when you take action, then you can have change or you can have progress or you learn from it. So these three simple piece advice, I've realized that any time I go through any calamity, change, challenge, disruption, I apply this sort of three golden strategies that my dad shared with me. And um, in my childhood days in the UK, I soon changed schools. And suddenly the kind of friends I was surrounded with were very inspiring, encouraging, uplifting. I have a great set of friends. I'm in touch with them till today, 25 years later. And they're great friends of mine, but those friends were your surrounding factor where you spend time. And so, and I started studying because I was in a good state of mind and I took action. And, you know, my whole outlook on life um, was brought out my natural flow as an extrovert, which is definitely a people's person in that sense. And that was sort of my sort of benchmark, which sort of brought me into the business really, because I look at it like what people ask me, why do you do what you do? In fact, one of the coaches in, in Dubai asked me, said, I want to help you find your why. And that's how this story of my childhood story came out. And we realized that I'm in a business which helps people transform their bottlenecks into solutions, their problems into solutions and have breakthroughs because, you know, we're bringing the world's best knowledge online, offline to an environment. You're bringing like-minded, like-hearted people who appreciate it into one area. And our goal is to inspire you to take action. And sort of that's where right selection is a, catalyst in that sense to help people transform both personally and professionally. Amazing. It's a really inspiring journey, Gautam, I must say. And how did you venture into, into the field of uh, authoring this beautiful book, Breaking Bread? Uh, we would like to know more about it. Thanks. Thanks, Aragam. Yeah. So Breaking Bread is um, first and foremost, a term used in the UK and uh, which, you know, it's breaking bread. It, to me, and the saying is that families that eat together stay together. And, you know, in our culture as Indians and even in the Middle East, uh, two key things of our lives is family and food. And to me, if you um, have a mindset of family, both with your employees um, in a professional sense, but you sort of have a thing of caring, sharing, giving, gratitude, and in that sort of sense, um, and you have a meal with one another, that's where the concept of breaking bread sort of is initiated. In fact, breaking bread is a term used in the UK. Yeah. When you have breakfast, lunch, or dinner with um, other people, uh, you have a sort of what we call energy exchange between two or more people. So in the last few years, many years, we've represented authors and speakers um, in the Gulf and 
Indian subcontinent and other parts of the world where we've hosted them. And friends and even clients said, Gautam, when are you writing your own book? When are you becoming a speaker? I said, well, it's not been on my sort of radar, but I'm sure when the time is right, it'll fall into place. Mm -hmm. um, and just over a year and a half ago, I was invited to speak at an event in India um, where there were about 50 speakers. And they said, we want you to speak on relationship building. How do you have such great relationships with influential people, Gautam? And for me, I like to say, I can't just call the topic building relationships. I said, what could I come up with? And the title of that talk a year and a half ago was called Breaking Bread, Building Meaningful Relationships. Mm -hmm. And I transcribed that, uh, that talk and suddenly realized that I was able to put 5,000 words together for a book as a start. I said, wow, that gives you a jump start. And I said, actually, you know, I've got the jump start I was looking for. I've had appreciation and feedback that the authenticity with the stories we've shared it's simple, but yet profound. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was my inspiration to write the book. And then come COVID, we spent so much time at home. So between just March, April and May, I pretty much in those three months finalized the book. Yeah. So when I look back at 2020 and you try and reframe the year, it was a year of deep learning for each one of us. Um, for me, I wrote this book. We hosted over 50 webinars. Um, so all in all, the book name came from the uk in that sense my upbringing of that our culture of having meals um and to me our entire business of 27 years so far has been built on relationship marketing i've never had a sales person in my uh, organization and we've always had uh, built relationships i've hosted over 100 dinners at home mm -hmm. thanks thank my wife for thank my wife for that uh, so then that has also taken place where, you know, we've hosted our clients and with their spouses and well-wishers at home. Um, and you've broken bread. They've had a home-cooked meal. Mm -hmm. And as you, you and I know, the home is my most personal space in our lives. And if someone comes to our home, has a home-cooked meal, you've removed all the barriers of formality of a relationship and you're able to be a bit more personal. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, um, it was really inspiring to see so many amazing motivational thought leaders and speakers, you know, with whom you've built such amazing relationships like Jack Canfield, Brian Tracy, Marshall Goldsmith. And uh, so, uh, you know, most of the time as entrepreneurs, we miss out on building these relationships. We feel, you know, we, we get contacted one person at a time and then our work is done and then we go our separate ways. And your book and your strategy of, uh, you know, building relationship and uh, nurturing them over time, um, you know, can really add up to success. You know, how can you like, you know, expand on this more? Like how can we, any business owner or entrepreneur leverage relationships to become more and more successful? So when you say that, you mean in the sense beyond just having a meal or with these particular with these particular thought leaders, what was sort of the way that I built my relationship with them? Just if you could clarify that. Yeah. Question. So when I see all these people, you know, connecting with you, and you know, like you said, you you do not leave the work in the office. You know, these relationships are are built and nurtured, and uh, you know, uh, like we say over a meal, maybe, and the kind of conversations that happen. I recently came across a webinar you conducted with Jack Canfield, and he was all praises about, you know, the way you are doing your work. So how can, you know, people leverage relationships you know, even after office and how can they nurture them and, uh, you know, use them 
to build a successful business. Thanks, thanks, uh, thanks for the clarity. No, absolutely, one has to enjoy this area of your life and make it as seamless and effortless as possible. You know, when you invite friends and family to your homes, um, you wish friends and family, um, you know, in their personal lives. And somehow we seem to feel a disconnect in the professional space that everything has to be by, you know, very formal and, you know, prim and proper and by the system and this and that. And we feel we can't be personal. But what I say is you can build what I call professional friendships with those at work and those you interact with. Um, a, a simple, like, and rather give examples and stories, which would really help give even more clarity to what I'm sharing, is, for example, um, today when people wish you on Facebook, um, you know, you could just wish on Facebook just by writing happy birthday. So do hundreds of other people. To me, um, when I wish a Jack Canfield on Facebook, because obviously we know each other, right, I would post a picture of the two of us and share happy birthday and with him. Now, when he sees that picture, you've heard picture speak a thousand words, he's remembering that him and me, I was the one who took him to the Taj Mahal. I, I, I realized from his vision board that Taj Mahal was on his sort of bucket list to visit. And when we visited India, I surprised him. We had a tour planned of Bombay, Delhi and yeah. Bangalore. And I told him that I've got a day gap here and we'll organize some activities. And in that one day, we organized taking him to the Taj Mahal. We had a photo with me and him at the Taj Mahal. Now, even if he wants to forget, he can't forget that image. It's on his it's on his vision board. It's a picture that if I share, he'd be like, wow, I remember that day. It was what a surprise. And immediately positive emotions run through his mind. As Gotham did something out of the ordinary special for me. And it's it's and the birthday, it's not just a birthday. So that's just a simple one example on our social media. Um, uh, if you use WhatsApp, many people send WhatsApp again, happy birthday. I will always send a minimum either a voice note or a video message. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you receive tons of WhatsApps and people saying wishing you. You're in the crowd. That's the transactional method. Just to tr consider it's done. I've wished him. I said happy birthday. I've done this. Uh, put some meaning, put some emotion into the communication you have. So whether you're communicating on WhatsApp, on Facebook, in, in an email, I see people writing one-line emails. I'm not telling you to write a detailed report, but it was a pleasure speaking to you. You could just say, uh, thanks for the interview. Look forward to the update. I mean, that's very bland and transactional with no emotion. The crux of it is put emotion, energy into every form of communication with the other person. Um, so, you know, with the speaker specifically, I mean, I would say the relationships built because I even found out when their spouse's birthdays are and, um, you know, sent them, a, you know, send them flowers on their birthdays to um, sending messages to, you know, acknowledging and appreciating when they've got success stories online. So you got to, what activities are you doing non-business related that you would do for a friend for these professionals so that they become and they feel Gotham's my friend. I mean, if I ask half these speakers, hey, Gotham's a family friend. Mm -hmm. And this is a Jack Canville who's a $50,000 speaker or Marshall Goldsmith or Stephen M.R. Covey. They'll say Gotham's a very dear friend of mine or dear family friend. I mean, yes, we do business together, but they'll say I'm doing business with a friend. Uh, so that's, that's so I guess, sort of if I can answer that question, that sort of way. Very beautifully answered, Gautam. And I feel, you know, uh, relationships or personal relationships are going to be the biggest asset going forward, and especially, you know, when uh, in the digital world, when people can't, uh, you know, touch and feel each other or be there in person. You know, if we could add these personal touches in our communication that can really add value to each other's life. 
Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing. With the virtual world, you hit the nail on the head. In the virtual world, people feel that in the virtual world, you've actually missed out. I mean, to me, no. It's You just got to be think out of the box. I mean, you cannot be waiting for, waiting for uh, just assuming that, uh, in the virtual world, you can't ex- can't have a can't break bread and you can't build emotions. No, absolutely, it's just a different way. But yeah. And I must say, you know, um, mm-hmm. Gautam is actually doing that with every person that he comes across. I feel, you know, I I I commented on LinkedIn and you replied back on WhatsApp, and I was like, wow, that's really considerate of him to do that. And I think uh, that really feels good. It really feels good, and uh, you know, you can take. Um, you know, those communications into your business and use them um, to build a better relationship. So, yeah, beautifully done. So, Gautam, according to you, what is the energetic blueprint for success with, you know, when you work with so many people, what do you think are the three important things that you've seen across successful people that you think can be, uh, you know, something that we can get inspiration from and get into our lives and improve? Um, yeah, for me, I would say as I sort of reflect on that question that you've shared, that the words that come to my mind is, is of, you know, be helpful, be kind, be considerate, because everyone has challenges. And if you have the power to be able to help someone solve a challenge, then do that. You know, my dad said to me, the most important bank account is not your financial bank account, it's your emotional bank account. And to me, I may not be anywhere near one of the most affluent people financially, but I definitely feel I'm one of the most uh, wealthiest people emotionally in the sense I would say I have an emotional bank account with with hundreds of people that I believe I have access to a solution to every problem. I have access to someone who can advise me, guide me, coach me, inspire me, encourage me if I'm in a situation. And that is far more valuable than money because money can only do so much. But if you've got a great relationship, so when you are helpful, kind, generous to other people, then you uh, are with no sort of agenda, financial transaction, you are helpful out of the goodness of your heart. Then people recognize that authenticity and they say, this is a great guy. I will do anything to help him. And whenever people say, Gautam, what can I say? Rest assured, when I need something, I'll reach out and I make sure that I feel very comfortable to ask for help when I need it. And I know because I've more than done my fair share in, in focusing on the giving part. So that would be one uh, one key sort of skill set or attribute that I would say is important. The other one is, is come from a deep sense of gratitude um, because we have to be grateful for what we have, not what we don't have. And everyone at every level has things to be grateful for. Um, and so to me, that is, that's, that's also very, very important. And gratitude is a subject which is spoken time and time again, but it's really saying practicing it is the key. You know, we can talk about it. Right. I mean, I'm, 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 I must say the word, thank you, nothing less than 15, 20 times a day, whether it's, whether it's the, the security guard or the person who cleans the road, everywhere i mean and sometimes it's thank you as a thank you or sometimes it's just saying good morning or good afternoon good evening we're all after all human beings it just means if i'm the ceo that i will say you know acknowledge him and if someone's a cleaner you don't acknowledge we're all human beings and only when you thank and are grateful do you have the capacity to attract more because if you don't be great if you're not grateful for what you have uh, be it the surroundings be it the comfort be it the help at home in every area 
even to Marshall Goldsmith takes to the next level. He said, even I'm grateful for my problems. And I didn't get that. You know, we we had a couple of challenges and he'd start by, we'd, we'd say, with this challenges come up, he'll say, thank you. And then he said, once you thank the problem, then I said, he said, the mindset, either we're going to learn from it, mm-hmm. we're going to find a solution, or we don't know now, but three months down the line, you'll be thanking the problem for having come up because we don't know why this problem's come up and not to get into spiritual or what, but he says, you know, every problem I've come across three months or six months later, when I look back, I am so thankful I came across that problem. That mm-hmm. problem helped me start a new business. That problem helped me get different staff. That helped me change my systems. That that made me more stronger, more resilient. So all of these things really um, sort of resonate. So, you know, gratitude is absolutely key. Um, so those are two key areas that come to mind. Awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. Great. Uh, Gautam, like, you know, um, like, like, you know, I'm, I'm an energy coach, you know, I help people with energy. So, you know, there are times when our personal energy also fluctuates, you know, you can be at an all time low, you can be at an all. So what do you personally do to master your inner game when you feel that, you know, things are not working the way you want to? Well, it's, it's, I love the word energy because to me, energy is, is everything. Uh, and the fact that your energy coach is itself something that excites me because I really feel it's something that when people understand the value of energy, um, they really need coaches like yourself to be able to uh, help them out of these difficult, challenging situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one, so coming to the to the question, I mean, energy for me is it's about knowing what you enjoy doing, understanding your triggers, and sort of being aware. Now, whether you are into journaling or not, but let's say just in terms of documenting what you enjoy, I would take a blank paper and write down everything that makes me feel good. Is it mm-hmm. spending time with your kids, your spouse, your friends? It is, is it a sports activity? Is it listening to your favorite music? Is it taking a walk in the garden, on the beach? Uh, what are the activities that you can do um, which make you feel good? And record that. Uh, maybe it's a particular type of food you enjoy eating. It could be anything. There's no there's no wrong or right. It's what each one of us. So first, but be aware of what those are. So you're aware of your positive triggers. Write them down till you're sort of familiar with them. Um, and then I would say when I'm in that state of mind is I'd look for those triggers to sort of snap me out of a time when you could be feeling low. Um, so those are that's one strategy that I would suggest that, you know, be aware of your positive uh, triggers so that when you're in a negative situation or a your mood is down or your energy is down, which can happen to all of us, even the most positive feeling people, myself. I mean, I, um, but in terms of a discipline, your key is your mornings. Um, and whether you're a morning person or not, uh, to me, your morning is whatever time that is, whether it's five in the morning or even if it's nine, your first hour of the day, what you do in that first hour to me is absolutely key to your energy for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, because Again, problems, challenges, situations are going to come up. You're going to plan your day one way and other things could be thrown at you which were not planned or scheduled or situations arise. And that's where, you know, the Jack Canfield saying is E plus R equals O. (laughs) is You know, where he says the event uh, plus the response equals your outcome. Um, and, And not to take away from this question, but let's say, you know, COVID was the event of 2020. How did you respond to COVID? Did you respond respond that the world is ending and I'm just going to go into depression, anxiety, and stress? Or did you say, okay, what is what can I learn from this? What can I do differently? 
and take the necessary actions. Yes, obviously, you have to cut your expenses. You have to make certain mature decisions. You're responsible to yourself and your family. But then what do you do about it? And that will have given you the outcome of 2020. So some people, 2020 was a great year for people to reflect, for to be humble, to be authentic, to be uh, appreciative of what they have, to reflect, to write a book. There were many positives. But yes, it was a difficult year all around. Um, so to answer that, to complete the answer of the energy part, I say, you know, it'll be a morning routine. And yeah. for me specifically, it's walking, it's listening to my favorite music, reading a particular book, watching an inspirational author. Um, and the most important thing for me is that since January 2009, I have not read or seen a newspaper. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even know what a newspaper looks like. If a newspaper has changed its design, I have no clue. Uh, no newspaper has entered the premises of my house. And I'm grateful to you know my wife for supporting me on this decision that you know I read a book called Yes Attitude by Jeffrey Gittermere. So I went through anxiety, stress, depression, for six months in Jan 2009, when the world went through its own sort of recession at that time, 2008 and nine. And my friend gifted me this book. He said, just read this book. And in chapter number one of the book, it said, stop reading the paper for 30 days, because what you consume becomes a part of your DNA for the day. And the newspaper has nothing but negative news to share. Um, And 90%, 95% of news is totally irrelevant to you and your life. In fact, we have our own newspaper. Your house is your newspaper. How do you run your house? How do you take care of your kids? How do you manage your health, your family's health? What do they eat? What's your work commitments? What's your all of those commitments are uh, all those commitments are are what 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 uh, drives your energy levels in the morning? And hence, to me, not reading a newspaper uh, in 2009 since Robin 2020 to me made sure of that. And just to give a, an extreme example, I have a friend or actually a few friends who are very, very affluent mm-hmm. and they read their newspaper every single day. Mm-hmm. And they would say 2020 was the most depressing, anxious, stressful year. Now they have more affluence than they could, they need to yeah. be in a thriving in a year, but they still found the year extremely negative and they just internalize all the news every morning and not one. In fact, they, their decision was to increase the newspapers. Imagine someone reading one paper a day, said, I've got so much time, they subscribe to three newspapers a day. Mm-hmm. I said, that's like a criminal offense. If I could arrest you, I would arrest you. I mean, someone to stay, I use COVID to read more newspapers. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you depleted your energy levels by 5X. I mean, in fact, you should delete that newspaper. It can do nothing. It was just reading negative news to brainwash you to feel bad, you know, so... I completely agree. I completely agree with this. And um, like for me, we stopped our newspapers, I think, uh, three years back. And I just log in sometimes to check the news and then do my blessing. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I use the negative news, uh, news to bless the areas or, you know, do my meditation. And sure. So, so that's how I use it. But yeah, um, rightfully said. So, Agatham, you know, you coming from a background wherein um, probably you had access to these influential people. But there are so many, um, you know, of us who are trying to connect with people, the right people. So what is the strategy that you can suggest for people who are wanting to maybe, you know, uh, connect with um, influential people in their area and build those, build and nurture those relationships? Great, great question. And it's something that I'd say it's always work in progress for me. So my advice would be based on my knowledge and experience. I'll use LinkedIn as an easy example. So so whatever your industry is, you would understand what's your target audience is, your dream clients, 
uh, male, female, what age group, what industry, what profile. At least that's something you should be able to answer. And you look back at your business um, as an entrepreneur or a corporate professional is that where does most of your business come from? From I mean, apply the 80-20 rule and sort of understand where is your prime target audience? Who are your dream clients? Describe your dream client. So first and foremost, make sure you're very clear on that. If you're not, I would start there. Take a blank paper and understand, describe your dream client. So once you've done that, then you say, okay, for example, if I can use my example, is that CHROs and L&D heads of companies with a size of 1,000 or more based in the Middle East or India is my target audience. So territory-wise, Gulf and India primarily. Um, you know, HR or L&D is the designation. Um, a company size minimum 1,000. And the L&D head should be generally aged between 30 and 50. For example, these are the parameters I look for. So now um, when I identify, then I made a list of 100 dream clients. Now, when you have a list of 100 dream clients, I'm like, now they don't know who I am. Um, so how would I go about it? So first and foremost, I gave one example. This very lockdown, there was a dream client I wanted to connect with. And uh, if I wrote to her, which I did do, there was no response. And I'm like, this is not the right strategy. That's going into transaction. What would the breaking bread mindset do? The breaking bread mindset is, you know, uh, you have to earn the right to ask a business. You have, the, you have to earn the right for that meeting by, by giving, by sharing, by making a difference, by um, above all adding value. So what should I do? So I started following this particular HR director of a major company in India. I followed her um, online. I followed the post she was writing. I liked her post. I read her post. I commented on her post and uh, praised her for that in a obviously appropriate intellectual manner based on the content she was sharing. So I did this for about a month. So it is a game of patience. It's a game of perseverance. It's a game of passion and positivity, a lot of peace, I guess, but, mm -hmm. but, but patience and, and perseverance and, and a positive energy is again, most important. So after two months, I then wrote to her, it's been an absolute pleasure reading some of your articles and blogs and articles. And I'd really appreciate if we could have 30 minutes of your time to explore how I can add value and perhaps collaborate for your L&D needs for the coming year. So that was my, my approach, exploratory call, add value, collaborate, how I can support you and your plans for the coming year. So it was it was an approach to explore a business opportunity. But because she'd seen me like and comment, subconsciously she's like, I know Gotham. He's a likable guy. He appreciates what I do. He's acknowledging me. I think he's more than earned the time to ask the time. I mean, he's familiar. There's familiarity. She's experienced gratitude. She's experienced appreciation. She's experienced acknowledgement. I've made, I've acknowledged her as an authority. So you weren't the right. If you go to any LinkedIn post, very few people have tons of good comments or likes. Mm -hmm. So if you are, if you're commenting on someone's post, you're building the credibility. You're on their radar. You're on their radar. I mean, you check your own LinkedIn profile and see who who commented. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and if, if you see the same name appearing, even if you don't know that person, wow, who's this Gautam Glani? Comments on everything that I'm posting. Wow, what a nice guy, yeah. And then suddenly you receive a message. Hi, Sargam. It's been an absolute pleasure seeing your recent posts. I really love your content. It's truly inspirational. I'd, could I have 30 minutes of your time to just have an exploratory chat? And you'd be like, wow, sure. And that's mm -hmm. a classic example how it can be done. Oh, amazing. I think, uh, Gautam, this will be very useful for people who are listening because sometimes, you know, people think that it's more by chance. 
that you get to connect with the right kind of people. But this is there's a strategy to it, and anybody can try doing it the right way. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, people say I'm lucky sometimes. I said, well, luck. I said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. That's another sort of phrase. And I say that not about just hard working. I mean, be it strategically, be it thoughtfulness, be it adding value. I mean, I am so focused on adding value, making a difference, helping others that I don't look at business. I don't, I'm not into selling at all. In fact, we may achieve sales, but it's like what I say, the strategy in your mind should be educate and engage for people to buy from you. Because when you provide education, you're providing value. And then when you provide a lot of value, then you're engaging. If you're engaging, people come to you and say, how can I buy from you? Or what are you doing? You know, as opposed to, I've got this product. It's the best in the market. I best my price is really good. I'll provide a good service. Can you buy from me? It feels like, no, thank you. You know, Um, so that's a classic difference. Yeah. And uh, like I was seeing one of um, the, I think, seminars that is coming up. It's about building trust. Oh, phenomenal subject. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, we need to really understand this, that uh, building trust is so important with clients because going forward, you know, that's what I think, you know, the repeat customers or the repeat business happens because there is a certain level of trust. It's not that you are best in your field, but people trust you. They want to do business with you. Absolutely. You want to talk about that, uh, you know, um, now? Sure. I'm happy to speak about, you know, trust is something which is extremely important to each one of us. Um, and you know the title is speed of trust uh, or leading with the speed of trust uh, is is the title of the event but coming to the topic of trust um, you know be it your team when you're working in it in this virtual world and even if it becomes a hybrid world for 2021 the idea is that you have to have trust and only when you have trust then you have accountability of your teams i mean you're not getting the chance to meet your teams face to face and have a weekly meeting you're meeting them on a zoom call on a virtual meeting over a phone call, and then you're entrusting them in the in their homes where they already have other pressures, whether they've got family, they've got health. We all have to suddenly juggle all our responsibilities under one roof. Um, and so you are entrusting your team members to be able to perform. And it's not about nine to five. It's about performance. Getting the work done is what you're looking forward to. Um, and same with your customers. Your, your relationship with your customers is is basically when they trust you, then things move very fast. Um, and I've seen that time and time again is that, you know, when there's trust, things move at a lightning speed um, with or without the paperwork per se. You know, you're doing this in good faith, in trust, um, even if something when you're negotiating in a friendly negotiation with a client or whatever, they don't over negotiate to make it uh, uncomfortable. They just said, you know, they even say, do the best you can for us. I trust you. I leave the, I leave it to you. I, I would love the best value for money. But to me, quality is most important, whatever best you can do. They don't even negotiate. They literally say, I trust you. And so that kind of language uh, is coming into the, uh, you know, conversation, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So we have a small um, rapid fire round. Like, So if you're ready for it, we can go for it now. Sure, sure. Okay, so Gautam, what is your favorite quote and why? My favorite. My favorite quote is, winners don't do different things, they do things differently. Okay. And that's by Shiv Khera. And to me, I just love that quote because I just feel that as a human being, as a father, and all the roles we play, we need to do some things differently to attract new results. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sort of resonates with me, just the thought of that, doing things differently. Awesome. 
What's your favorite book? Apart from I, <laughs> my favorite book is The Fish Philosophy, which the subtitle is Work Made Fun Gets Done. To me, we spend 70% of our lives at work. So for me, we need to love, be passionate and absolutely enjoy what we, where we work. When we enjoy what we work, then at the end of the day, we are able to deliver an experience both internally to our teams and externally to our customers. So fish, work made fun, gets done. Okay. Uh, who is your favorite um, superhero character? Superhero character. That's a tough one. But I I did like Superman mm. in my... In, um, Superman and Batman will be the two that come to mind, which I watch a lot of as as uh, as a kid. And just, I guess, if I say Superman, just the fact that we all are human beings, but when we need to have a superpower in any of our lives, then, you know, we'd be the Superman in that situation to, you know, basically find a breakthrough in that sense. So I really uh, say resonate with Superman. Your favorite mentor? Favorite mentor would be Ron Kaufman, um, would be on the professional side, would because he's known me for over 20 years. Uh, we, I, he's been, knows me personally and professionally and been a pillar of strength, uh, someone who I sort of look up to uh, in all aspects of life. Um, on the personal side, my dad, uh, mm -hmm. he's been you know, my best friend, my spiritual guide, my business partner. Uh, and a father to me. And so to me, between my dad and Ron Kaufman, I can say for the, I've had two of the greatest mentors in my life who uh, continue to inspire me to be the best version of myself. Awesome. And though we cannot travel, which is your favorite holiday destination? Favorite holiday destination is Bali. Okay. Uh, I mean, to me, that's a place where I just absolutely love uh, where you can just uh, be relaxed and, um, it's it's great that everyone is relaxed in the dress sense and you know got fantastic food the beaches the whole experience is really something i just love i can just totally uh, just be the best version of my relaxed self in that environment so um, that's that's where i love going to amazing so so thank you so much for this wonderful um, you know, podcast show and i'm sure there's so much to uh, so much to take away and learn from Gautam personally. And I really feel inspired to be hosting you on this show. And if my audience wants to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? Thanks. Uh, there's uh, two ways I suggest. One is visiting my website, which is GautamGanglani.com. You can connect with me via the website. Or alternatively, I encourage everyone to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, just check out Gautam Ganglani, connect with me and feel free to reach out to me uh, you know, via message on LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to connect with anybody watching this show because I'm sure this show attracts like-minded and like-hearted people who appreciate uh, the value that you bring with your, uh, your various podcast shows. Yeah, thank you so much, Gautam, and uh, have a blessed day ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure and privilege. Thank you, Sargam.